Welcome to the Biltmore Church Podcast. Our church exists to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus who reach up, reach in, and reach out. And this podcast is a resource that's hopefully going to help you do just that. We're in week two right now of our new series in the book of Jonah, which is a familiar story in the Bible for many. Um, but it's often misunderstood. It's also loaded with meaning and symbolism pointing to Jesus. So as a church, we're going to be diving in deep for the next few weeks into this awesome book of the Bible. And I'm very excited you're here for today's episode because we had a great conversation about last Sunday uh, where we were in Jonah chapter 2. And today we had a really cool conversation about prayer. What does it look like to pray similarly to how Jonah prays in Jonah chapter 2? Crying out in desperation, trusting that God is going to answer our prayer. So I can't wait for you to hear that. We've also got a great God at Work story we shared this past Sunday, a girl in our church named Kate, and we're going to play that again for you to hear uh, today on the podcast. And then also we've got a context corner where we're going to peek behind the scenes and talk a little bit about uh, what are the prophets, priests, and kings in the Bible, and what is the importance of those things. I think today is going to be an encouraging episode and challenging for you. We're going to kick it off by reading Jonah chapter 2. Here we go. This is Jonah 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. All right, so quick introductions. My name is Christian Cooper. I serve on staff here, and I'm here today with our lead pastor, Bruce Frank. And also, we've got Kurt McClure, who is our Waynesville campus pastor. Sure. And many of you know, he's also our karaoke king. Uh, he sang some karaoke for us last time he came on here. Uh, we'll see where we get with that today. But we're in week two of our new Jonah uh, teaching series where, uh, Pastor Bruce, you did a great job last Sunday preaching uh, Jonah chapter two. So I wanted to kind of start our conversation today with a little bit of Sunday recap, maybe what stood out to both of you from mm-hmm. this past weekend. I mean, for me, even though there's so much detail in the prayer, it's the first word, just then, mm. you know, then Jonah prayed. And so the then goes back to God's pursuit, which is the most remarkable thing. That's why I always say it's not a fish. It's not about the fish. It's only secondarily about Jonah, uh, but it's first and foremost about a relentless God pursuing a rebellious prophet. And, um, you know, it's, it is very much mirrors the famous story of the prodigal son. It's like Jonah 1 and 2. Jonah's the the son, the prodigal son. In right. Jonah three and four, he's the older brother, uh, where he starts pouting about God's mercy, those kind of things. But again, a teacher always learns more than the the students, mm-hmm. and 
Uh, this one, Jonah 2, I was probably the least familiar with in regards to the four chapters, just mm. because it gets the less, you know, you kind of know what happens in one, you know what happens in three, you know what happens in four, but two, you know, it's sometimes easy to gloss over, but uh, it sounds like Psalms, and when we went through Psalms last summer for four months or so, I learned a ton there, and this one is, you can, a lot of what he says are paraphrases of Psalms. Mm -hmm. Very, very mm -hmm. few original thoughts in here. This was mainly him praying God's word uh, back to God, yeah. but really just... I love the fact that he just said, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. Mm -hmm. yeah. and I've always liked, uh, what is it, Psalm fifty fifteen that says, I will call, you know, call on, the, call on the Lord in your day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will glorify me. And mm -hmm. I love that. That's it's good. like, listen, that's your, I mean, it's Jonah's day of trouble Yeah. and he is distressed and um, it still takes a while. So again, this is Jonah looking back. Sometimes people yeah. are like, he's not scribbling it as he's in the whale or he's in the fish. He's actually looking back. But even then you see the process by which he is a, I mean, I thought I was stubborn. This brother is yeah. stubborn. Yeah. I mean, if, he, if, he, if he just basically bit his lip for three days, that's, that's pretty strong. Yeah. But, uh, that's right. And he still doesn't get totally there, as we'll see in chapter four. He's, yeah. not, like, he's not like super fired up, but... Um, but he does obey. He makes some progress. That's he right. makes some progress. Yeah, yeah. right off the top, you were mentioning the Jesus never said statements. Mm. And that really stuck out, you know, never judge, follow your heart. I have a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old, and we uh, we have a lot of conversations on don't follow your heart. <laughs> and uh, you're yeah. confused enough as a middle schooler <laughs> and a high schooler. Yeah. So, But also, uh, God will never give you more than you can handle. And about 15 years ago, when you came to Biltmore and you began um, leading our church, that was, I remember even going back that far, that was something you mentioned. And growing up in, you know, dad was a pastor, grandpa was a pastor. I was in a lot of revivals. You would mm. hear that statement a lot that God will never give you more than you can handle. And, and you know, I've always told you, recovering legalists, di <laughs> right. different items. And I always believe that. And then actually the first time you preached, I'm like, I'm going to go try to find that. And then I couldn't. <laughs> so that was where it's like study God's word, be in God's word, but then like the never judge statements to follow your heart. And then like, here's the runner. You know, I was that runner. Sure. I ran for years from the call to ministry, probably five, seven years. And then mm -hmm. even moving forward on when you're praying and then like God hears the prayer of those that are running, mm -hmm. but also he hears those that think they're done. I mean, even going back to the the story of God at work with with Kate of mm. man, and mm -hmm. then to hear that story and to hear her that she's going to be awake this upcoming week weekend. Right. I'm like, yeah. that's a true God at work story, and sure. never never gave up on Kate. But yeah. it was, and our connect group time was next level this past, and I'll share a little bit more about that here as we yeah. as we journey. But just. Coming in after that and then going right into a connect group, it was it was some good conversation. Some powerful stuff. A lot of great takeaways. Yep. Yeah, yeah, great Sunday. Uh, I want to encourage you to go back and uh, man, maybe listen again. I know a lot of our people do that. Like it's like it's we're so quick to forget what we hear, right. especially right. out of God's word. So so going back in listening to that, or if you weren't with us on Sunday, uh, make sure you go back and check out the message. As we're taking this journey, we've gone through chapters one and chapters two. We got chapters three and chapters four, so uh, we're still going. Yep. Yeah. As you know, we're in a teaching series here at our church for the next few weeks in the book of Jonah. And to help you better read and understand the Bible, including the book of Jonah, we're bringing back a segment called Context Corner, where we explore some of the design and organization of the Bible. Here's one cool thing to know about the Old Testament. 
almost all of the major players in the Old Testament, so to speak, fall into one of three main categories. They're often prophets or priests or kings. So here is a quick primer on this theme and a little information about all three of those uh, individually. First, you've got prophets. Uh, prophets were the people who God instituted who were literally speaking God's words to the people of God. God would communicate a message to a prophet and then that prophet, regardless of what they felt like doing, their responsibility was to communicate that message to the people. No matter what that message was, prophets delivered the message of God to the people of God. Then secondly, you've got kings. They embodied God's authority. They were rulers over God's people. They were God's representatives in society. And most of these kings that we see throughout the Bible were deeply flawed individuals who often abused their powers for their own benefit. But the original idea was for God to institute someone who would rule on behalf of the people uh, for his glory and for his goodness. Um, so that's kings. And then lastly, you've got priests. Priests were the people who offered sacrifices, prayers, and praises to God on behalf of the people. Uh, they sort of served as an intermediary between God and sinful humanity. Now, many of these guys had their own flaws uh, and their own failures, uh, disobeying God or even doing things like worshiping idols while they were serving as priests. All three of these people uh, were deeply flawed throughout the Bible, but God used them in spite of their flaws for his purposes. So when you're reading the book of Jonah, it's important to know these three roles because Jonah was a prophet. He had been called by God to deliver his message to the people. In fact, Jonah was the first prophet God called to communicate a message to non-Israelites. This would have been a really big deal. Now, here's what the amazing thing is about prophets, priests, and kings. We see some, some pictures in the Old Testament of each of these three, including guys like the book of Jonah. But when you keep reading the Bible, here's what's cool. Um, all three, prophets, priests, and kings, Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of all of them. He is simultaneously the ultimate prophet, the ultimate priest, and the ultimate king. He preached God's message about the kingdom obediently to the people, he sacrificed himself on our behalf. He served as an intermediary and he rules justly over all creation. Jesus is the perfect prophet, priest, and king. Once again, context is always helpful. So that is a quick primer on prophets, priests, and kings. Hopefully zooming out like this is gonna help inform your reading and your understanding of the Bible. So there is so much that we can learn from Jonah's prayer in chapter two. Really the whole chapter is just him praying. Um, so I'd love to have a conversation today about uh, our own prayer life and crying out to God in, in similar ways as to what Jonah's doing. So maybe to start off with, Pastor, I'd love to kind of zoom out or zoom in rather and ask you what you feel like God specifically taught you this week um, as you were studying. There's often a thing where you're like, you know, you had the things you were ready to teach, but then there was something yeah. he kind of impressed upon you. I didn't know if there was anything like that. Yeah, and I, I really didn't even use it. as I don't remember mentioning it in any of the services, but as I mentioned at one of the podcasts, you know, last fall on sabbatical, there were some lessons that were a three or f probably a three-year 
journey to try to learn. And it, it sort of got crystallized. And there's actually one Bible verse, and then there's a, a book that I mentioned. So the Bible verse I read on sabbatical, I read through Acts a bunch of times over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Didn't read a ton of other books like I normally do, but just the book of Acts, which is a long book, just over and over and over again. And and the one that there was a theme, obviously, but the the crystallized verse, I think it's Acts, I think it's Acts 1352. It's at, the, it's at the end of Acts chapter 13 where he says, and they, the disciples, and they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Mm. They were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So they're filled with both, both joy and the Holy Spirit. They obviously go together. Um, and then I tied that, or I think like the Lord tied that into uh, our friend Crawford Loritz, who has a great book, Leadership as an Identity. Mm-hmm. And in that, he weaves through there a theme of brokenness and what is the Christian leader's response to brokenness, mm-hmm. which is surrender. And for me, those two, they don't sound like they go together, but they went perfectly together for me because what it helped me realize is, you know, the lesson that I had to learn. I used to think of brokenness as a, an event, and it certainly can be. Something happens. And brokenness is in the Bible, throughout in the Bible, a sense mm-hmm. of brokenness. Um, but brokenness can also be a season. And at least for me, the last few years, there had been a breaking because, I mean, God was super great, has been super gracious to our church, you know, for, I'd been here, at, uh, I guess, when COVID hit in 2000, I'd been here 12 years, and it'd been nothing but up and to the right, up and to the right, up mm. and to the right, every single year, getting written up in magazines, all these kind of, like, what could go wrong, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. And then when COVID hit, you know, then it was like new territory for all of us. So, uh, for me, it was, it, was, uh, it was COVID, which was, I think, probably any leader's biggest challenge, right. no matter how you handle it, uh, yeah. whether you do things differently or not, doesn't matter. It was simply difficult mm-hmm. uh, on a number of different levels. Uh, the second one um, also was just, you know, some of the stuff I was doing with the convention with the uh, sexual abuse task force mm-hmm. and seeing stuff that I'm like, I needed to see, um, but I wished I'd never done. I mean, I have a better understanding, but it was right. very, very difficult, mm-hmm. made you a mixture of grief and anger at the same time. You know, and then and then uh, I've got a prodigal um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so those three had kind of sucked the joy mm-hmm. out of my Christian life. I mean, in some ways, uh, and y'all probably, I mean, y'all would never say it, but in some ways I was just a little, I was just simmering for about three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that I had no joy. It's not that I didn't laugh some. Right. But I, mean, I will say, I mean, there was, some, there was some simmering kind of lack of joy, a little bit of anger similarly right below the surface. And what I realized, in, and it go, it'll, it'll come back to Jonah. I mean, Jonah, uh, Jonah at this point, we don't use the word here, but Jonah finally is broken. Hmm. I mean, he is a stiff-necked, hmm. stubborn. Now, he loves God. If you look at the, I think it's First Kings, I mean, he loves God. He's a prophet. He's a preacher. This was just an ask too far for him. Hmm. And we'll see that a little bit um, and interestingly, even though they do bring revival, revival comes to Nineveh. If you read like uh, the minor prophet Amos, mm-hmm. you know, the revival doesn't last forever. Right. Um, but with that being said, for, for me, what I had to learn is brokenness is a season. And for me, it was those three years. But let brokenness have its result. I mean, let it have it. If you, don't, if you just hold on to the brokenness, you just walk around as a wounded person. Yeah. Yeah. And you live from your wound, which probably for me, I was kind of. For me, I was saying I was just kind of borderline angry for three years. Um, but I got to release a lot of that stuff. But the, the proper response to brokenness is surrender. Mm. That you do not have what it takes to do one thing. Like mm-hmm. church-wise, you do not have what it takes to make one disciple. 
No, we're going to work our tails off. We're going to do certain things. We're going to do it the best we can, and da 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 da. But bottom line, you don't have what it takes to. You don't have it. You don't have what it takes for your prodigal to come home. You don't have what it takes for your to make COVID go away. You don't have what it takes to make the convention all of a sudden, you know, mm. do what it needs to be done. Those kind of things. And so those are three things that were so obviously out of my control to change mm. by sheer force of will. Right. That finally, and I should have known that all. I mean, everybody knows John 15. Listen, apart from me, you can do nothing. I, yeah. There's one thing about knowing it, and there's another thing about living it. Yeah. Right. And so we all kind of go back and forth uh, independence, mm-hmm. uh, in another word, mm-hmm. dependence. And right. so it's easy, and I think especially when you have a lot of success, for lack of a better term, the hard part is staying dependent. Yeah. Um, I think Crawford talked about that as you get better at something, so to speak. If you're not careful, your dependence goes down. Yeah. Um, but in, in what God ends up having to do is break you mm. of your pride and your ego and all of that and realize you always needed him. You just need to surrender to that every day. It's mm. almost a posture. And that's where I thought Crawford does a great job kind of throughout that little book. Yeah. Um, so here you see Jonah finally, finally, finally mm. God breaking him because he loves him. That's mm. what, and if you need some New Testament commentary, that Hebrews. 12 verses like 5 to 11, which is the New Testament theology on God's discipline. Okay. You see a you see an increasing turning up the heat. I mean, it's a, we hadn't looked at that passage in a long time, but he basically is like, he's imploring them, don't be discouraged that God's doing that. God loves you. He is yeah. chastening you because he loves you. Yeah. Not yeah. for just his kicks. He loves you. He's got great plans for you. Mm-hmm. And what is amazing is, fortunately, Jonah 2 is not the end. Yeah. I mean, Jonah 3, I mean, the fact that God came to him a second time after his stubbornness, mm-hmm. I would rather die than do what you want me to do. I mean, how patient is yeah. that of God? Yeah. That's right. amazing. Yeah. Yet another chance. Yeah, Yet another chance. Yeah. You're it's even amazing. talking about like the second chance, but another uh, thing you mentioned on Sunday was, you know, you don't need another you don't need a second chance, you need a second birth. Yeah. And uh, that's something we landed on for a probably 10 15 minutes in Connect Group on Sunday like when you're sharing even the year of one, yeah. when you're talking to your one, not just worrying about like you can go into connect group and start praying for everyone's physical need. Yeah. But then are you actually praying for those that you put on the wall? Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's second birth, not just a, yeah. you know, hey, I messed up or I'm having a rough time or I'm yeah. running from something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the stories, by the way, keep coming in. Yeah. So again, if you're not part of this, make sure you got your person on the wall. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're praying for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll hear over the course of this whole year, I'll be sharing just introductions sometimes. Sometimes it'll be a video like, with uh, with Miss Kate on uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. but just stories are pouring in about how God's touching people that are being prayed for. I mean, yeah. that's the mystery of prayer. We don't know exactly all that works, but we do know though God tells us to pray and God answers prayer, and we're, right. we're seeing that. And we know that God wants to. I mean, He, he right. desires every man to repent and come to the knowledge mm-hmm. of the truth. So you mix all those together, shouldn't surprise that's us if, prayer we, he if wants we pray. To right. yeah. yeah, if somebody talks about you know you pray you, you talk to God and then you talk to people. And that's a good order. It's like mm-hmm. pray for that and mm-hmm. pray for that, and then you and then you go talk to people about the Lord. Mm, that's great insight. One of the things I wanted to dig into a little bit is that Jonah's prayer in this chapter is like it's really raw and honest. He's mm-hmm. he's just kind of laying it out there before mm-hmm. the Lord. Um, and I think if we're honest, a lot of us are uncomfortable with praying like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we think especially if we have a you know certain kind of background in church, um, we feel like we have to kind of have everything worked out in a certain way. So how would you encourage people when it comes to praying with that type of honesty? 
Yeah, I mean, again, Psalms taught us this, I think. Mm -hmm. If you go back to Psalms, you see very raw language. And it's not just Psalms, and it's not just Jonah. I mean, if you really want to see, it's probably as raw a language, as raw a prayer as you'll ever see. Uh, go to Jeremiah 20. Okay. And that's where a faithful prophet named Jeremiah, he is, un I mean, he is using language toward God that you typically are like, hey, stand back, this but his brother's about to get fried like <laughs> He's going to be bacon. smited. <laughs> I mean, you know, you really yeah, do. And, yeah. you, and it never happens. As a matter of fact, there's another half of the book after Jeremiah 20. But, you know, I'm, I mean, there's some, when I say there's balance, I don't, I don't really want to say balance. This is raw, honest emotion to somebody who has a relationship with God. Mm. Mm. I mean, I would say the silly, the stupid prayers are when an unbeliever would say something like, man, I tell you what, when I'm going to get to heaven, I'm going to tell God a thing or two. I'm like, no, you're not, man. Are you kidding me? You're going to be on, if you get to heaven, you're going to be on your face before you God. Right. But this is like a, this is like, um, I'm like when your child is small and uh, they don't get what they want when they're like, I'm talking about small, small, like, uh, what do you think, Kurt? Like one or two, yeah. two or three maybe right. where, you know, terrible twos are there for a reason. Because <laughs> what happens is, you know, they don't get what they want. And they can sometimes, especially boys, can come at you and you might, you know, they might just, they might start to hit you a little bit. And they might start to, I don't like that. You know, now you don't want them to get out of control. I'm just saying, but as a dad, mm. I mean, what you do, you, you don't throw them down or you don't, how dare you talk to me like that? You probably just hold them because get, they get so upset. Mm -hmm. Mm. that they just are, they're out of control, but you love them so much. So a lot of times you just hold, sometimes those can be the most intimate moments mm. connecting with your son in the same way. I mean, this is, uh, you see sometime when David, even especially in the Psalms, he'll start off the Psalms in a bad place. But by the time the Psalm ends, not every time, but by the yeah. time mm -hmm. the Psalm ends, a lot of times he's in a good place. Yeah. Right. And so again, that's where a prayer is just communicating. Mm -hmm. If you're a believer, you know, look at Romans 8. I mean, cry out to God. Yeah. Uh, but the promise is what we talked about is, listen, God does hear the prayer of the runner. I mean, you haven't gone too far. Jonah's an example. You come, I mean, he went as far and as fast as he could away from the will of God, mm -hmm. and God pursued him. He didn't just, uh, just you know, forget that. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like God needed him. Yeah. Uh, God could have done anything. I mean, he's a sovereign king. He, can, he could have picked a – there were other prophets even doing – prophet mm -hmm. stuff back in, the, in, that, <laughs> yeah. in Jonah's time. He could have yeah, picked him. He did sure. And he, he went after Jonah. And I think one of the things from last week that was big for me is before Jonah is a tool in the hand of God, he's a son in the family of God. Yeah. And that was the part that that's the only reason he, why would he pursue Jonah? Because yeah. he loves Jonah. Yeah. He loves Jonah. And he is going to pursue him. And that's what is so encouraging when you run. And, and we can run, you can run as an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. But even believers, I mean, he's, this guy's obviously a believer. Yeah. Even as believers, we're we're always either walking in the the, the will of God or the will of me, mm. one of the two, mm -hmm. and that can that can change three times daily. Right. Yeah, um, and that's why we challenge. What is a place that is not where you're walking in the will of me? I mean, it can be marriage, money, whatever. I mean, there was a lot of tears, and I don't know what all was going on, but I mean, you never know. Especially when I, if you get a destructive habit in your life, and it just seems like you get into that crazy cycle of sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess. And it's not, but it's it's because there's never there's been remorse, there's been regret, but there's never been repentance. That's why we kind of go back. Repentance gets a bad name. Repentance is beautiful. Yeah, it is. I mean, repentance is how you stay alive in the Christian life. That's right. But repentance is I'm going to change. I look at this. I went after those dumb idols. <laughs> yeah. What did I do that yeah. for? Right. But there's some grief. Like I don't want to go there again. And then there's an action. You know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to my father, and then I'm going to. You know, he might give me a couple of things to not go down that road again because I don't like what happens down that road. Mm. And that's where people get free. 
And that's what's awesome when you see people get free because, man, regret is uh, regret and remorse. If you, they're necessary to get you to repentance, yeah. but if you just live in regret and remorse, that's a miserable way to mm-hmm. live. Yeah, and it's not what God has planned for us. That's right. I mean, the cross, the provision has been made for our sin. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, that's even like the response culture of "Come Sing, Bring" from even this past Sunday. Where you know, looking at the song that we closed, Lord, mm-hmm. I come, I confess, bowing mm-hmm. here, I find my rest, and you know, seeing people come to the altar yeah. and spend time in response to the word that Lord has given to Pastor Bruce to shepherd us through, but people taking it serious of you know uh, repentance. Yeah. It's easy, like even as a parent, um, we're wanting our kids to only you know don't break the rules, you know, do what's right, but like truly repenting of something you've done wrong mm-hmm. is you will you will turn and go the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's less military. You know, military can be outward conformity. And as a parent, sometimes that's right. that's, that's the best you can get that's, for sometimes. That's you're right. like, right. okay, we're gonna do this even if your heart hadn't changed, okay. you're not gonna talk back to your mom. You got that right. But you, what you want is that person to eventually like, listen, I need to honor my mom. Mom might gave life to me. That's right. My mom birthed me. She's been in pain for me. She sacrificed mm-hmm. for me. Why would I ever want to talk back to that's her? Right. That's what you want. So, um, and that's what lasts, by the way. Yeah. If that never changes, then by the time, once he's out of the house, he'll treat mom like mm-hmm. he did before. That's mm-hmm. right. So I want to go back to one thing you said about Jonah's prayer, but also uh, in Psalms, a lot of times when David's kind of praying through something, it, he kind of, he prays his way into trust. And if you read through that prayer, you know, he's being honest, he's being open, but it, mm-hmm. it takes him several verses before he starts to oh, kind of proclaim sure. the truth of God. Um, and just wanted to see kind of, you know, if you agreed with that idea and kind of what you think that might teach us about how the way we can pray. <laughs> oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, one thing, uh, I don't want to look up one psalm the Lord used uh, with me, and I, I have not got it memorized yet. But I would say one of the things you do see um, is in Jonah is you see... Uh, is you see Jonah praying God's word back to God. Now, you, if you just look, if somebody's in their Bible, um, if somebody's in their Bible, they'll see a lot of little footnotes. And what that is, is it'll show where Jonah's getting this from. And some of those are from the, the book right. of Psalms. But like, for example, to go back, uh, Psalm 42 is one of the ones that during the Psalm series stuck with me. And then the lessons God was teaching me. And this, it also goes to your point, Christian, um, you almost, you see David, uh, in this case, it's not David, it's actually the, it, we don't know if it's to David, but it's the sons right. of Korah. But either way, this is the one that, it's kind of a famous one, but the progression. He's like, as a deer pants for flowing streams or water, so pants my soul for you. And again, most people misinterpret that to think it's a very pastoral scene where a deer's down there having yeah. a nice drink of water and everything's awesome and Hansel and Gretel are coming out of the woods. <laughs> and that's not the picture. Yeah, actually, yeah. he's like, the deer is panting for water right. because he can't find it. That's mm-hmm. right. And he's exhausted and, and, and he's desperate. And that's why he says, my soul thirsts for God. I'm like the deer. I can't, I'm looking for God and I can't find God. Just like the deer's looking for water, he can't find water. Mm-hmm. And so my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When should I come and appear before God? And he's being honest. Like you said, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long. And this is where he talks about how his tears are almost like the accusers. And this is where those little whispers come in where... Mm-hmm. This is where faith comes in, and you almost got to, you'll see it in the psalm sometime. He actually kind of like talks to his own soul. He actually is like, come on, soul. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love that song, Gratitude, so much, because oh, yeah. there's that one little section that's like, I mean, I get emotional about that. I I, I, anyway, uh, but it's like, they say to me all day long, where is your God? That's the whispers. And he's kind of personifying his tears. Hmm. He's like, I'm crying. I'm, 
I can't find God. I don't, obviously he can find God, but he, does, he can't sense God around him. But then, it, then the shift happens when he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. Yeah. So what's he doing? He's doing what, what did, I mean, Jonah said the same thing. I remembered the Lord. That's I think it's like in say. verse seven, I remembered the Lord. Doesn't, and the idea is he had kind of forgotten the Lord. Right. Yeah. So he's like, I, for, I forgot the Lord. These things I remember, but he says, as I pour out my soul. So there's this mix going on. He, he, he looks back, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. I mean, these are worship pastors that are doing this. He's like, I remember being on that platform, leading God's people in that sense of the presence of mm -hmm. God, visiting us with glad, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. And here's where he starts talking to his soul. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? And this is a guy, talk, he's not schizophrenic. He's talking to himself. Hmm. Yeah. And to your point, do you? if you're not there, there is a place for, you know, I don't want to be... It's not new agey self-talk. It's just basically it's faith talk is yeah. what it is. It's yeah. not, it's, not self, it's faith talk. It's like you taking the promises. I'm going to believe that even if I don't feel that right yep. now. Yep. Um, it's like Psalm 27, 13 says, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then the very next verse says, wait for the Lord, be strong. Mm -hmm. But the first part is like, listen, I believe uh, I'm going to see by faith, I believe I'm going to see yeah. the goodness of the Lord. Not just in heaven, but I'm going to see him. Which uh, also right means here. it's not seeing it right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not seeing it now. It's a faith statement. Yeah. I believe. I'm, I trust. And then to finish it out, he's like, he's still struggling. He's, uh, um, you know, I, I won't read the whole thing. The way it ends, he's, you know, um, even at the very end, it's kind of like he's not quite arrived yet. The very last one, he's like, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Mm -hmm. And then he says, hope in God. For I shall again praise him. So there's that mixture of like, you know, he's he's speaking again. We don't. He's not talking about speaking faith. There's no. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in. I mean, faith is only as good as the object. Mm -hmm. So in his his faith is in the Lord. It's not a. It's not a pep talk. But it is. You can remind yourself. And I say that to say that's that. God used that one uh, a lot for me because there were some times when there were some whispers, whether it be a, a, you know about COVID or. or you know, my son or whatever, and you, you start to, and if you're not careful, you're like, I mean, you know, the devil can just kind of get those whispers, you know, yeah. when he's not mm -hmm. coming home or it's not going to ever be the same yeah. or, you know, you're making a bunch of, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And and that's where you've got to go back. And that's where the word's so important. He prays mm -hmm. the word back. That's what Jonah does. Jonah, for all of his faults, yeah. he obviously knew a lot of the word because when he begins to finally pray to God, mm -hmm. there's no indication in chapter one, he prays to God. Yeah. He's just too busy running. When he finally prays, it's not dumb prayers. He prays, and how do you know if it's a dumb prayer? Well, you know it's a good prayer if you pray back the word. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what to pray. Well, just pray the word back. That's mm -hmm. good. And pray the word back to him. And that's what Jonah there. does. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. To go back, you said verse 7 in Jonah 2. It says, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you. It's like step one. Yep, step one. Step one. Yep. I grew up in Asheville, North Carolina. I grew up in the church. Both of my parents are very strong Christians. I always saw my faith as more of just a feeling and something that everyone else did. It wasn't really my own. I felt very lost, and I also started struggling with my sexuality. I was hearing a lot of loud voices around me, and the loudest was follow those sexual desires. So I did, and I became increasingly more depressed, anxious, 
and I just didn't know what to believe. I, I started to really hate going to church. I started hating my parents and everything that they were trying to preach into me. I felt very alone, which caused me to start self-harming alone uh, and having a lot of suicidal thoughts. As I was dealing with these suicidal ideations and depressive thoughts and just this weight and darkness on me, I heard about Weight Weekend and my brothers were going, so I was gonna go with them. I ended up reaching out to a leader and asking her some questions and also just opening up to her that I, I didn't wanna be here anymore. I just wanted to let go of it all. And I didn't see much purpose in me living anyways. I didn't think I had anything to bring to the table. One day, I was on the mountains to see trail, and I just cried out in the middle of the forest, God, if you're even there, just show yourself to me. I, ha I have nothing left. I looked up, and in the middle of the forest, I saw a pamphlet on a tree from Billy Graham, and I opened it up, and I started bawling. I went to school the next day, and heard my teacher talking about a mission trip that she just had come back from. I felt the Holy Spirit press onto me to ask her what it meant to become a Christian. And we prayed, and I accepted Christ that day in that classroom. And the next Sunday, I was baptized. Ever since I accepted Christ, it radically changed me. I'm not gonna say those feelings completely went away, because they didn't but it was no longer what I was finding my identity in. I have found an incredible group of Christian girls who have come alongside me to support me and love on me. I feel whole. I'm not chasing things like I was before. I have found that Jesus is more worthy than any of my desires or anything that the world has to offer. Jonah 2 also teaches us a lot about the way, not just about how we pray, but kind of how God responds to our prayers. Um, so just wanted to kind of check in on that. Once again, we're kind of like zooming out, zooming back yep. in. Um, well, I mean, what do you think it teaches us about the way God responds? Well, I mean, it's, it, again, it, it re, it's a, the reason we like stories like this so much is because you take principles or verses and they're applied to a person mm -hmm. like Jonah. So, I mean, you take like Romans 8, which is awesome and deep, and you could spend months studying just Romans 8. Mm -hmm. It takes those kinds of things, mm -hmm. even like one verse, you know, the section on prayer in Romans 8, and you see it right here. Um, you know, it's one thing when you hear the Psalms and the emotive part of it, but then the, when it takes those truths and puts it back. Mm -hmm. And then, as I said earlier, it's like when you take the prodigal son, it's really, again, I think Keller's the one that said it should be called the prodigal dad. Yeah. Because wow. the story even there, it's really not about the son. It's about the posture of the dad. Mm -hmm. The posture of the dad is pretty evident. Um, soon as he's like, he's obviously looking for the son. The son's just jacked around for who knows how long. He's dishonored the son. He's dishonored the dad. Everything you could possibly imagine if you begin to think about it. And then the dad runs to him and doesn't even let the son get the speech out. So yeah. even now, I mean, what causes us not to pray? Yeah. 
Typically what causes us not to pray is shame. Yeah. I mean, it's shamed. I mean, it's like, especially as recovering legalists, we're like, well, we, we, we don't think it, but we sort of act like we earned our way there. Yeah. And so I got to earn my way back. That's right. Yeah. Bottom line, you didn't earn your way there to begin with. It's, yeah. That's why he says, come to the throne of, of grace, mm-hmm. yeah. which is awesome. You come to the throne of grace. And that's where, um, and again, I would say that the, the little tension in there is how does God hear a prayer? God knows when we're fake praying too. Mm-hmm. You know, God knows when we're fake praying. I mean, it's like, oh, God, I'm confessing this full well knowing you plan to jump right back in the pigsty. Yeah. That's right. And that's the difference. That's why. And But that's that's such an unhappy place to be. Yeah. That's why I think it was Adrian Rogers years ago. I think he's the one that said the most unhappy person is not the lost person without God because they don't even know what they're missing. It's the saved person with God that has walked away from God yeah. because they can't enjoy the world because they're a believer. They're one of God's sons or daughters, and they mm-hmm. can't enjoy they can't enjoy the world because of that. They can't enjoy God because they're rebelling against him. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck in between, and they are, they're just miserable people. That's and, it's, and that's what Jonah is. Jonah is in that place, and he's starting to turn, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like even the theologian Garth Brooks when some <laughs> oh, <laughs> here we song, go. Come on now. We went jelly roll, and now <laughs> yeah, Garth right. Brooks. Some okay. of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. We spent a long time in that connect group where unanswered prayers, that's actually not true. It's just not answered in the way that we want it to be answered. That's yeah. right. So it's like you you pray for something for a long time, and then you'll catch yourself about year three. You're like, I'm done. And actually, you know, yeah. God's faithfulness is like, no, I'm answering the prayer. It's just mm-hmm. not in your timing. Yeah. It's like we, we hammer down, once again, hammer down on physical prayer, but on the spiritual side of when you're praying, praying in desperation. We challenge this week mm-hmm. our group to pray on your knees. Yeah. Um, pray yeah. on your knees. And then, you know, one person's like, hey, I had knee surgery. I'm like, all right, pray okay. on your other knee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, your other knee. get on your face. That's right. Get, get on your face. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it is true, like from the message Sunday of when we closed out, getting on your na- knees, the closer your face is to the ground, I don't think you're going to be, it's going to be harder to fake pray. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, I mean, God will hear, you know, a prayer if somebody stays up in that, up in the bleacher seats. That's right. Just like down here, but there is a sense of uh, the heart posture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's desperation. It is. I mean, it's a desperation. It's persistence. I mean, mm-hmm. you see all the parables Jesus tells about prayer. You do see somehow, some way, his. You know, is this something you really mm-hmm. want? Yeah. You really want this? I mean, I even think right. of like what is it, John chapter? What is it? Which one is it? Is it John Matthew chapter five about the? He, he looks at the guy. He's like, "Do you really want? Do you want to be healed?" Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds mm-hmm. on the surface like an insensitive question. It's like, "Have you never visited a hospital, uh, Jesus?" I mean, we got to teach you. We got to get Kurt to show you how to visit a hospital because that's very. It's like, "Hey, do you want to not have cancer?" Yeah. I mean, nobody. Yeah. But he's like, "Do you do you really want this? Right. Do you really want this?" Yeah. Because you know, our even our even our sin or even our wound can become our identity. Yeah. And it's like, "Do you really want better than this? Yeah. Do you want better than this?" And so that's where the desperation comes from. Yeah. Um, anyway. A lot of good stuff. Right, let me do one thing because sure. I know this is probably being thought about. What Kurt was just talking about. Some people say, "Well, how long should I pray for something if God's not answering it?" And the, I think the easiest way to say that is you you if you know that it's something God would have you pray for, especially if it's backed up by the Word. Let's say right. a person who's not saved or something. Right. You pray until God tells you no. Yeah. Or answers it another mm-hmm. way. That's good. Um, and so until then, unless God tells you no, yeah. And like He does the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians 12, he's like, stop praying for that. I'm not going to answer that. I gave that to you. Right. Or I allowed that into your life, that thorn in the flesh. I'm using that, so stop praying that. Right. Yeah. And he didn't pray for it any longer, as yeah. far as we could tell. But until then, go ahead and keep praying. Don't give up, because there's a lot more 
teaching about persistence in prayer than there is giving up on prayer and moving on. Yeah, so, I was just going to say that the so much of Jesus' teaching about prayer is about persistence. 100%. Good. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about how there's the parable where uh, Jesus is talking about, hey, the guy in the middle of the night, he needed, he needed stuff for his house. Exactly, yeah. He goes to the neighbor's house. He's banging on the neighbor's door. <laughs> uh, that has helped me so much because there are some things right now where it's every morning I am banging on the door, like, you know, asking for that thing. And until he tells right. me no, I'm comfortable doing that and being that annoying guy and knocking on the door all the mm -hmm. time because Jesus is like, that's what I want from you. That's me. right. He can handle it. You know, he wants yeah. you to come to him that's with right. those things, which has been a, a, a huge journey, uh, teaching journey for me over the last several months. <laughs> I even got posted on social media after the service when he quotes, often we must be flat on our back to finally look up to God. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times God will slow us down, put us in a, a trial. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, you're, you're deep in the valley. Yeah to bring, all right, now, are you going to call on me in time of need, in time of trouble? And, yeah. and he does that to us. Yeah. Well, the, the challenge is, too, that he's not, Jonah's not just at the bottom. That's he right. makes, he has to make a decision to pray there. Mm -hmm. um, and at least for me, especially with, with my generation, I think the tendency is when we have pain is, where would we go to numb out? Mm. I'm going to numb that out with That's any media. Yeah, yeah, it's just us, humanity. Any, it's just different uh, tools. Yeah, That's right. yeah. Where do we go to numb out? Yeah. Um, and so we got to make that decision to not do that. Yeah, you know, and go For from sure. there. Well, we got a lot of you can distract yourself away. And I think, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Donna Gibbs when she was on here a few weeks ago, she mentioned mm -hmm. that it's just like we are a numbing generation, not right. just age wise, but just right. because of all the tools we have, all mm -hmm. the stuff we we have a lot of things at our fingertips that can numb. <laughs> And yeah. not let us get, and that's why things like solitude and sabbatical, mm -hmm. so, I mean, Sabbath and those yeah. things allow your kind of your soul to get healthy again. Yeah. Because it's easier, that soul to get, probably easier now. You're not behind a plow for eight hours a day looking at mm -hmm. a horse's rump or, a, you know, where you can maybe <laughs> contemplate some stuff versus, I mean, we're, you know, all the phone statistics, yeah. touching your phone 20,000 mm -hmm. times a day or whatever that were, you know. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, it's good, Jonah. I'm enjoying it a ton. Yeah, yeah me too. Me too. So uh, last question here. I'd love to hear a little bit about maybe some practical ideas. People can incorporate some of these things. We've been very practical, but just little tangible steps. Kurt, you mentioned like the prayer postures, you know, let our physical posture mm -hmm. match our heart posture, anything like that. When it comes to people who are like, man, I really want to start um, crying out to God. Yeah. How do I do it? On a practical basis, I mean, uh, I would say to go, if you're talking about super practical stuff, the reason that the posture is good, I mean, first of all, let's admit, if we're praying, if I'm praying in my, if I'm praying in my recliner, again, God, there's postures in the Bible from standing up to sitting down to prostrate to on your knees. So right. it's not, don't, we don't want to become legalistic about it. But on a practical level, I know that um, if I'm in my, let's say I'm in my lazy boy, um, lean back, feet crossed, there's a good chance I'm going to either A, get distracted, go to sleep, <laughs> or begin to think about something else. It's just super easy. So one of the things that, uh, like before I go out each Sunday, I mean, I will get on my knees in my office because I know right then it's easy to get distracted about thinking about, you know, do we go in there? Do we need to take the thumbnail pic? Do, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's like for some period of time on my knees, because it's hard to get distracted, um, yeah. I will say this is, sounds crazy, but I sometimes will keep my phone note section open. Yeah. As dumb as this sounds, when I, it used to be I'd feel so bad when I, a thought would come in my mind, like what you got to do that day. 
Mm. I actually now keep. Yeah. I actually keep my notes section open. So if a thought comes in, it's like, oh, remember, you got a podcast at 1030 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't forget it. You hadn't written it down yet. Instead of just like, ah, you know, yep. I'll just like podcast 1030, go right back. You and can. I feel bad about it. Yeah. It's good. Um, and there's nothing wrong occasionally going to sleep praying. That's some good sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and when you go, when you go to sleep after, as you're praying, uh. that is typically some good sleep. But on yeah. a pot, you know, sometimes getting on your knees, it, it just allows you right. to uh, focus in. And I would say, secondly, and then Kurt, you give some. I, if you're just starting out in prayer, it doesn't have to be super long. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, be honest for sure. It could start off like, "Hey, Lord, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'm going to say for three minutes." Mm-hmm. And I would say, start off. Uh, uh, you know, we've we've used that acronym. Um, you know, Acts is a good one. I think we've used cats, cats before yeah. with confession. Hey, if there's some things God convicted you about, God, I, I want to agree with you. That's not good for me. Mm. It's not good for our relationship. It's not good for my people. I confess that helped me do better. And then A is adoration. Just praise God about something. You're not asking for anything. Uh, T is Thanksgiving. Spend a couple minutes thanking him mm-hmm. for something. And then S is supplication, which means ask. And then like, what? you got a meeting that day. you got uh, something on your heart. The Bible, and it's amazing. The Bible invites us to give us... Cast all your burdens on me. Why? Because mm-hmm. I care for you. That's amazing. So tell him. And by then, you'll have five minutes right oh, yeah. there. If That's all right. you do is, I mean, I hate that it's a cat acronym. But it works. It works. Easy to, easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. You know, like going back to the prayer uh, series you did a few years back where starting your prayer, praising, just praising God for who he is. Yeah. Spend a couple minutes praising him for who he is, you know, dying on the cross mm-hmm. for each one of us. But then also uh, something that I've been practically doing is text multiple people a day that you're praying for them. Mm-hmm. Pray for them before yeah. you text them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you will forget. Yeah. And then... Hey, don't be a liar. And don't be a liar. But then also, <laughs> um, when you're praying for them, if they, or ask them, hey, is there something, a Christian, is there something specifically pray for? Yeah. Then if they do that, you pray for them, and then the next day... Or they have a yeah. meeting, or they have a doctor's yeah. appointment. Make right. sure you put it on your calendar to follow back up. And yeah. hey, I'd, I've been praying for you. How are things going? Mm-hmm. And then turn it in to a yeah. to a uh, to a praise or whatever yeah. that may be. Because I think a lot of times it's easy to go pray when you need something. For sure. But also pray for people you don't know well. Yeah. I know right now, as uh, at ten fourteen, we're getting a thing that comes on our clock. Different staff members and people around the country. Um, that at 1014, you pray for the nations, you pray for people to be mm. sent and put it on your calendar. Maybe it's at 10 o'clock every day. You're going to pray five minutes for your one. Yeah. And because I promise you, 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 your own time for meetings, yeah. your own time for everything that's on your calendar, put it on there and don't, yeah. and yeah. it's just a good yeah. time to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. And if somebody's like, where do you get cats or acts? Um, Matthew chapter six from like five to 12 or 13 mm-hmm. It has all those things, you know. Our Father who mm-hmm. art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's what right. is that? That's adoration. That's adoration. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. so um, that's where we get it. We just kind of get it from the Bible. Yeah, that's it's good. a great place to that's start. Great place right. to get it. St- <laughs> Joy, join the uh, series through Jonah. Yeah, oh, appreciate you. Yeah. And yeah. the week before Easter, just a heads up to Biltmore Church folks. The week before Easter will be a. We do our 21 days of prayer in late August, mm-hmm. but we'll have a week of prayer, prayer for your one mm-hmm. that week before. So we're talking about it that week before uh, Easter. That's good. And then uh, we'll be announcing, I think there's 18, 
19, yeah. 19, 19 Easter services. Oh, I'm sorry. That yeah, I was thinking of a different is thing. Is it 18? It may be what, 18. Whatever it is. Yeah, also, whatever the number lot. is. 18, That's awesome. And then a couple of good Friday services. But the idea of praying, I mean, God, yeah. uh, just praying that God would do some. I mean, God's been super, is super gracious mm-hmm. to us. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we just keep praying to and pour it out and let us be good stewards. Amen to that. That's good. It's a great conversation. Uh, Pastor, you know, Kurt is... He's become the karaoke guy around here. So maybe as we wrap up, I just want to ask you, do you think that the people need to hear something additional from him or should he Hmm. never sing again on this podcast? No, it's probably some... I would say... I appreciate his courage because I saw it at the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I would hit some run. Yeah, there were some people that did karaoke yeah. that gave you a run for your money. Yeah. You do Alabama good. You did uh who'd you, you George Strait? Who'd you do? You um, did uh uh who'd you do? You did I think uh, Alabama's the only one I actually won on. Like uh, <laughs> good compliment. How about do just a how about do a just a little jingle? And then we'll pray because we had a, such a good conversation. <laughs> but, yeah. but it is hard to you know roll on eighteen wheeler just a little bit. How would that go? I can't remember the lyrics. How would you? Would you sing those lyrics You've got about? Up your sleeve. Yeah, yeah we'll, you know, last time Alabama, but lately I've been hearing a little bit of Brooks and Dunn. Uh oh. <laughs> and it's when the sun goes down <laughs> on my side of town. <laughs> Lonesome feeling. It's pretty good. to my that's door. I think bad. that's all I've got. That's today. not bad. That's probably, yeah, that's probably all we need. But yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. It's pretty Brooks solid. Done. That's a pretty good, you're very multi talented. I feel like Thanks. we just had to give the people. See, that's like a campus pastor, just a, just a toolbox. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an just unbelievable toolbox. toolbox. That's right. What, what little tool you need that's me right. to use? What do you need? I'm there. I'm ready. That's on opening day at Waynesville. We might just have to do that. You know, First of Or maybe, yeah, maybe a pop up event. That's right. I think the pop up event, I think that is where we need to do it. A summer night, this summer when the building's half done. Karaoke. I'm all in. We'll be there. I, I will not that. be there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, you'll be invited. That's terrifying, honestly. Oh, yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. The idea of singing a song Absolutely not. is terrifying. Yeah. Especially in front of There's people. There's many things. You know, I can't believe that. I got invited on this podcast again because I thought after last time that <laughs> it was no, it. Well, we no. didn't want you back. Everyone else did. Everybody else did. Yeah. 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 No, that's not true. That's yeah, not no. true. It's just tough to be popular. <laughs> you want to press out, man? Let's do it. God, you're good and thankful that we can come together and uh, just celebrate who you are. Thank you for the series that, uh, through the book of Jonah, things that you're teaching us, things, ways that we're being encouraged. Uh, also, as we continue through the year of one, I pray that as we are praying for our one, as we're praying for those that don't know you as their personal Savior, God, that they come um, to know you mm-hmm. in a relationship with you. And God, we can continue to celebrate. God, just be, continue to be with us here at Biltmore as staff members, as members, uh, as we are reaching the 828 and the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You're loved and sent.